everyone. Welcome to the Popeye Fatigue Podcast, the podcast for dads by dads. Today's episode is part of our musings on fatherhood series. In this series, we throw away the script and we just have a conversation about fatherhood where we end up jumping from topic to topic. In this episode, we'll cover our concerns about when to give our kids their first phones, relationships between children, and whether we try and keep our kids with their best friends when moving grades. To give you just a little bit of info, I'm Dave. I have a four-year-old son and a seven-year-old daughter. And my co-host, Jim, has two girls, a five-year-old and a seven-year-old. Okay, let's jump right in. So, yeah, I mean, with my daughter, I think the challenge at this point is as, you know, she sees how things are different in our family. And they could be really small things. Like, I don't buy juice. I mean, I know it's a small thing and maybe it's a petty thing, but I'm like, we don't. I'm sorry, you don't get juice yet. Like yeah. it's just not a thing. And she's like, "Well, these kids get juice, and you know, this kid gets juice every day, and like this other kid's bringing candy." I'm like, "You don't bring candy to school either, right?" They're small little things, and I don't fault parents for doing it. And, but I'm just kind of like, you know, well, that's fine for that kid. We just do things differently. Yeah. But now that I think about it, I feel like I need to make a greater effort at saying, at, at making sure she knows that I'm not judging the parents, right? That that's the parent who's doing something different. It's not because they're a bad parent. It's not because I'm a good parent. It's just, we all, we do things differently and there's Mm -hmm. nothing bad or good about that decision. It's just, you know, it's just different. Cause I don't want her to think like, okay, well just because that kid gets juice, like their parents are terrible parents and their, Mm -hmm. their kid's going to have cavities. Right. I don't, that's not, that's not the message I'm trying to send here. It's just that at this point we're not doing that. It becomes a slippery slope of like, okay, well, you know, now do I have to buy juice all the time? And it's mm-hmm. funny, like my wife brought back, she was at a friend's house who gave her a few Snapple bottles and it was like Christmas at our house. Like it's like, <laughs> juice! And like every day they're like, juice! And, you know, so I guess maybe because we don't buy juice, right? We're creating that that sort of reaction. Right. But, but yeah, I think there's something in it that I have to provide that sense of like, it's just, you know, those are just different parenting styles. And again, there's nothing wrong with what I'm doing and there's nothing wrong with what the other parent is doing. It's just, we've chosen different, mm-hmm. different things. That's it. No. Well, you know, the, when you reminded me with the juice thing and, and I'm trying to think about how we handle it, we had a, a clothing issue mm-hmm. where my daughter wanted to wear some clothing that, that my wife and I just thought was inappropriate. And we mm-hmm. had to tread a very careful line of like, yes, your, your friend does, mm-hmm. but we just, we just don't do that in our family. You know, we just don't, we just don't. And, and tried to keep a very matter of fact and like, some people like blue, some people like red. We just don't do that in our family, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it is going to be hard. And, and the digital thing, the phone is going to be really, you mentioned Star Wars earlier. We haven't seen Star Wars and I feel like, and I want to, I want to show it. In some ways I feel like it's a kid's movie, you know? <laughs> but it's not, it's not quite that young. Uh, and we do, you know, we watch a lot of movies, uh, but we're very careful about, you know, what's too scary or what's, I just don't want to have those conversations about, you know, things blowing up and there's people inside. You know, I just don't want to, that seems like a difficult thing to do. But that same maturity is going to creep into their behaviors uh, outside of the home. And, and I, I really don't know what to what we're going to do about a phone. I mean, they we've got iPads. Uh, but I guess the older one has her own iPad. That was a gift from Grandma. And the younger one has, you know, one of the older ones that, that we don't use anymore. But they don't, it's, it's supervised. And lately it's been very little. Yeah. Uh, but the idea of... Uh, you know, my daughter was talking about, uh, 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 I guess it was a watch. It, it, she described it, and it, it sounded like it did all the things like an Apple watch, but it wasn't oh, an yeah, Apple I watch. I know exactly which watch, the, and I know exactly which kid you're talking about. The, the, I don't know which kid it is. We had conversation, too. 
the the one where it like flips up and they could like call their mom and dad mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. The, that's one of the things so and so has it or you know right. I, this is what I want and I don't and I'm, I'm in some ways it's like yeah I want to be able to you know I want the the find a friend thing or the tracker mm-hmm. thing I want to be able you know put something on your wrist that I can look up and know exactly where you are sure mm-hmm. you know or give you a lifeline if you ever need trouble you can you know you can get in touch with me but again I mean at the at this age it's not like she's gonna be you know. At a party or something, right, and it's right, right home. Running around on the town without you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think what's going to happen is it's going to be, you know, second period recess, and she's going to call up and, you know, yeah. are you going to pick going? me up today? Bring some juice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the, the thing that I am mostly concerned about with the phone, which I think makes it such a tricky issue, is that unlike juice or clothes or something like that, the phone... If everybody has a phone and your kid doesn't, they're going to feel left yeah. out, right? Well, because I was, I was remembering kids that I grew up with. Uh, there was three or four of them that did not watch TV, mm-hmm. did not have TV in their home, yeah. and it, it and it made them a little weird, you know. Mm-hmm. In the playground, you want to talk about the Dukes of Hazard or Knight right. Rider or whatever, and they just they didn't know what they were talking yeah. about. But in hindsight, as an adult, those are some of the most well-adjusted people I knew, <laughs> yeah. you know. And so there is there's that's what you're talking about that fine line of you know, where's the sort of normal socialization and where do we draw the lines as, as parents? Yeah, and and certainly I think the other slippery slope now then becomes, you know, if you do have a device, you know, is now everybody moving onto social media sites and mm-hmm. like that's then now a whole nother can of worms that I'm not, I mean, at this point our kids aren't even, I think, eligible to be on, you know, Facebook or mm-hmm. Twitter or anything like that. Doesn't mean that they wouldn't figure out a way of doing it right Mm -hmm. but yeah i think that's where things are going to get really hairy and it feels like those conversations are going to be happening sooner rather than later and that we are going to be dragged into them whether or not we want to be and it's likely going to be from families who have two kids Mm -hmm. whose youngest is the same age Mm -hmm. as our oldest Right. right because that's that's just how everything goes, right? The older kid sets the kind of sets things up, fights the fight, and then right. by the time the second kid rolls in, it's like you get all the all games. right, fine, yeah, it's about, you know everything, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, our kids are in, you know, the grade that they're in now. You know, whether or not that's going to start happening next year, it feels like the slippery slope. It feels like the introduction has. Like mm-hmm. the door has started yeah, to crack I, I open this mean. year. It wasn't something we thought about last year. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's it's going to come up much sooner than than mm-hmm. than we're ready for. I mean, in my head, I'm like, yeah. ah, we're not going to need to have this conversation until she's 11. But yeah, right. And um, I think that by the time she's 11, they're probably going to be kids that have had their phone for a couple of years at that point. Yeah. Uh, I don't. At this point, I don't think we're going to be one of those kids. But yeah, then you have this constant sort of back and forth and you know i just yeah it's it's uh i'm not looking forward to that to say the least well the the thing it the, the thing that strikes me about all this is that there's going to be uh, a parallel social situation right there's going to be the interaction that you have with friends at school and then some of those people are going to be having interactions online outside of school that's mm-hmm. going to be totally opaque and you're not going to know what's going on there unless you're part of that conversation. And that's, right. you know, that sort of grade school FOMO could be paralyzing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, 
that is almost the only argument I might be able to make for giving her a device before I'm ready mm-hmm. is simply that, you know, do you want your kid? Like, yeah, it's the balance, right? Of holding the line because you're maybe concerned about, because it also opens the Pandora's box, I guess, right? It opens the door potentially to a bullying and all sorts right. of things that kids yeah. might not do in person, right? but that they might feel that they can get away with you know, once they know your yeah. handle, then they create, you know, a, a, a burner account, to, you know, and a throwaway account to just harass you. And it's just, yeah, it's, it is certainly not something I'm looking yeah. forward to. I know. I mean, I think we've got it on our list of things to talk about and, you know, maybe get, uh, get Tim in on this conversation too, because it is, it's, it's over the horizon, you know, mm-hmm. but it's coming fast. Yeah. And it's and, not, the, you know, the stories, there have been some news stories, not recently, but a couple in the last couple of years about, uh, about suicides, you know, about, about kids that end up uh, in suicides just from the cyberbullying. And that is just heartbreaking and, mm-hmm. and, and just abhorrent that that's part of, part of childhood these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no phones today. It. Right. Yeah. I don't even know what to say about it, but yeah, it's, I'm trying to think what are the other like super crazy things that we're going to have to deal with as as parents. It feels like that's going to be the biggest one. I think so too. I I almost feel like, you know, questions about like, oh, can you date or not date almost feel like nothing compared to the introduction of a device. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like you can meet that kid, you can know their parents. There's something about it that's, that's above board or, or on this side of the screen, you know, all that yeah. other stuff that's that's behind the screen and, you know, behind closed doors, so to speak, that's un- under the surface. You know what I'm saying? It's it's online. It's out of sight. That's the stuff that's more terrifying. Yeah. I was, it was funny. I, I was telling my daughter this morning because she had a, she was having a bad day. She was, she sort of had this awkward sort of situation with some friends. And, and you know, the kids at this age are still, their relationships are still kind of volatile. You know, like they can be best friends today and then some minor offense sends them spiraling into enemies for the next 24 hours and then they come back and everything's hunky-dory, right? And I'm still like my daughter, I'm like, my best friend for eight years, I can still remember two fights that we had. Uh, the first one, I think was in first grade, I went over to his house and we were playing matchbox cars and he wouldn't let me... He wouldn't let me be the matchbox car I wanted to be. And I'm like, but dude, these are your matchbox cars. You can be them anytime you want. And I remember my parents couldn't show up fast enough to pick me up from that. I was just, <laughs> I was just done with the play date. It was actually a, an overnight. I'm like, get me out of here. And the other the other one, which which she enjoyed because we're talking about Star Wars. Uh, we were just talking about Star Wars, right? I was telling her, this was also, I don't know, maybe third grade or something, you know, Star Wars is out and and uh, we were playing Star Wars and I wanted to be Luke and he wanted to be Han. Again, legit Star Wars, you know, like the original Star Wars, not not the prequels and the sequels, but the, the, the OG The OG. Yeah, and, and um, so there's only two of us playing and we, we, we needed a Darth Vader and no one wanted to be the bad guy. And I very distinctly remember him, my best friend, going around to all of our friends saying, don't be friends with Dave today. <laughs> <laughs> because because we no one wanted to be Darth Vader and I remember like we were just I mean it was like it was the end of the world you know? yeah. we were just like I'm never going to talk to you again and uh, you know of course I think 
I think by the time recess was over, it had blown over. Right. But it was literally like we were we were actively dead campaigning. <laughs> yeah, yes, we were actively campaigning against each other. I mean, that is. I mean, those are the things that I would prefer we have to deal with than yeah. than figured out devices. But um, yeah, you know, the other thing I I feel like with this age is that they are able to maintain their relationships a little bit more permanently i guess like Mm -hmm. you know when i I don't know if this is the same with your daughter but when ours was you know pre-k three four and even kindergarten the relationships were purely based on who was in your class Mm -hmm. you know you'd make your friends there and then the next year it was like clean slate you start all over again and i'm you know i'm starting to see the kids developing these threads even with kids that aren't in their class um, and I guess that's good and bad. I mean, I, I have you guys ever sort of interceded to get your child placed in a class or not with her friends or not, or uh, tried to avoid kids or anything? Like no, that? It, we we wrestled with that, and ultimately we decided that if things went south and we had intervened, then it was our problem. You know, hmm. like if we tried to arrange you know, relationships and being in the same class or whatever, and then something went sideways, then it was our fault. It was much easier to think the school knows what they're doing. They know how to match up kids and personalities and developmental levels and, mm-hmm. you know, intellect and things like that. I'm going to trust that they get it right. And there were a couple of times where, or at least twice then, when we really weren't happy with the teacher that, that our kid was assigned to, but we bit our tongue and let it go and it turned out really well both times they turned mm-hmm. out to just be outstanding teachers mm-hmm. great relationships with our daughters and and i'm glad we didn't interfere you know and say we, we don't want her in this class for this teacher we want her to pair it up with this person and and i think the the school had actually reached out to us about that do you do you have any preferences mm-hmm. one way or the other uh and i i'm trying to remember why that was true but but ultimately we decided no you know we're going to let the school we're going to trust that the school knows what they're doing mm-hmm. It was funny because I, I, it never even occurred to me to sort of intercede until somebody, I think I was having a conversation with another parent in maybe first grade. So, you know, my daughter had been at the school for whatever, three years at that point. And it, I was like, what people actually do? Like, it just it didn't even occur to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt clear to me that this parent had been actively sort of moving her kid around I mean, at that point, I don't know how much she knew the teachers, so I think it was mostly to sort of maintain mm-hmm. certain relationships, you know, that her son was having with other kids. And, yeah, I mean, we sort of have never thought about it. And so we, we had a conversation about it. And I think our sort of mindset is it's healthy for them to be split up right. anyway. Right. To, to sort of have to, and especially at that age, right? But but to have to be forced to make friends. Mm-hmm. Right every year but I will say it feels to me like the last two years in particular that her classmates like I don't know these kids for the most part and you know I I used to do a lot of volunteering in the classroom so I know a lot of the kids and I'm like who are all these kids and so it feels to me like actually last year in particular there was only one or two kids that she had been in class with and having gone on the first field trip of the year last year which if anybody has the opportunity, I highly recommend mm-hmm. going on field trips because you can see kind of the interactions. But it was interesting to see the cliques that had formed 
so early on. I mean, there it was clearly there was a big group of girls that had known each other. Uh, I mean, it was I don't know five or six girls that were all in this one big clique, and then my daughter and a couple other girls. There was one girl that kind of went in and out, and and also kind of just seen the the boy cliques and everything. Because at this age, there's still a lot of sort of gender separated cliques, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always felt like it's been important for her to have to restart. And uh, I mean, that's the parent in me, because I remember when I was at school, you would always wait for the list to come out mm-hmm. and, you know, hope that you're in your cl- the cl- same class with your best friend. And right. I actually had been in the same class with my best friend for, I think, eight out of nine years. And my parents never intervened. And I don't think his parents did either. I think just somehow we, I mean statistically speaking that should not happen but somehow we ended up together the whole time and um yeah i think it's important for her to have to learn to make those friendships but as i'm seeing you know the downside of course is that if there's already a lot of existing clicks when she shows up it can be difficult Mm -hmm. to break into those clicks and sometimes the click can be just two kids and with two you know if one wants to exclude your daughter you know that that's tough versus a click of like five or six or seven where if one person wants to exclude there's still a bunch of other kids mm-hmm. within that circle and so you know i feel like i'm kind of noticing some of that but i think that still ultimately that lesson of having to sort of reestablish those friendships or mm-hmm. sort of on the positive side to maintain friendships even though you're not in the same class right. exactly yeah I, keep, is, uh, is important one silver the other's gold right keep the good relationships would make more one more uh, more relationships mm-hmm. and I, I think you're the you're talking about being in the class with your best friend and do I want to intercede as you said to, to make sure that happens and I and I don't because I mean I'm not suggesting that they'd be codependent but if you're in a relationship with you know with a special friend and you're in a class with 20 strangers uh you know i would be very drawn to spend time with that with that kid and not only you know not in a monopolistic kind of way but it would be an easy crutch to not have to you know as you say go out and make new friends and and why not you know your you know your best friend we you know it's funny because we try not to not to use that because but if somebody's got a best friend that automatically means that the other friends aren't you know and so in, in a weird way it's it's a exclusionary but but there is a there is a, such a thing as a best friend, right? You had one, I had a best friend growing up. And um, to have that person in the class, uh, you know, may work out like I just said, or have them in, in a separate class, they keep that relationship. They're not tied down to it, so to speak, you know, and could make a, make new friends. I think that's that's better. I think that's a better way to go. And my my uh, uh, older sister's a, a military brat. Mm-hmm. She moved all over the place before, you know, she was in sixth grade or so, fifth or sixth grade. And thankfully, my brother and I didn't have to do that. But I think it, I think it gives somebody some, some social skills that you wouldn't have otherwise. I'm sure it was painful for her at the time. But to have that, that's learning that skill of making new relationships, you know, every year, I think is valuable. As I look back on my higher education, college, grad school, I always felt like the... I don't know if regret is the right word, but if I had to do it over again, I feel like I would have tried to make more relationships. Like I feel mm-hmm. like I kind of, you know, you make a lot of these relationships your freshman year or whatever, if it's grad school, first year, and then those are kind of the ones that you stick through for the next whatever two to four years. And I do look back on that thinking, you know, 
I probably should have tried more to make more friends. And I think maybe this is in part in a sort of uh, a reaction to that of, of saying, hey, I think that's a valuable skill. Maybe one that I, I wish that I had done more. And I, I don't know that I've ever thought about it actually until I just said it in that way. But yeah, I mean, it's it's almost, I don't know, I think it's in line with a lot of these life skills that we just try and teach our kids, right? Is that that's what's going to happen. And I think also just generally speaking, right, there's always this transition when you leave in particular education to figuring out now how to make friends. Because mm-hmm. education, there's sort of an easy, you know, you've got classes or extracurriculars and whatever. So that's among the easiest and you don't really recognize that mm-hmm. until you're out on your own and especially if you've moved away so like i went to school on the east coast and uh certainly from college nobody moved back here and i actually i don't even know that i had any friends from the west coast in college my, my school was predominantly east coast kids um and and so which in and of itself is quite a, an interesting dichotomy like I, I never realized how different people yeah. from the east coast were until i went there but you know i think that that having those skills to be able to move in and out and make friendships easily in particular when you've entered the business world is valuable simply because it's just it's it's just harder to make friends after you've left the educational environment mm-hmm. it's just a different mm-hmm. world and you know there certainly are ways if you're a social butterfly it's a little bit easier but, you know, if you're an introvert or, you know, sometimes you just don't have the avenues and maybe you work at a small company, you know, a startup, or maybe mm-hmm. you just work for a bunch of people you don't want to know outside the office. <laughs> and so, you know, the question then is, you know, how do you make those friendships? And so I, I think it is, again, one of those life skills that hopefully they'll be a little bit more prepared for just simply by the fact of having had to jump in and out, you know, when they were younger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember somebody told me when I graduated college, they said, uh, this is the last time that you're going to be surrounded with a group of your peers until you're in a retirement home. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's, you, when you're in school, you get everyone's the same age, you're yeah. doing the same things, you've got something in common, you're going to the same school, probably doing the same activities. And then you're right. I mean, that's a whole other topic. How do you, how do you make friends as an adult? And that is, that's a skill that's, that you don't realize you have or you need, or it even is a skill until you need it. Yeah, like everything, right? You got to practice, mm-hmm. you got to apply, and hopefully this lays the groundwork for that. The, the payoff will be in twenty years from now. We'll we'll, we'll ask our kids in twenty years. How, so how did that work out for you? We'll, we'll see if we were right or not. It's a long. We're playing the long game, right? We hope you enjoyed this conversation about parenting. If you'd like to support the podcast and hear more discussions around fatherhood, please subscribe and drop us a review. If you have any questions, hit us up on the Facebook page facebook.com slash papa fatigue that's p-a-p-a-e-s-t-f-a-t-i-g-u-e thanks for listening